Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you find your structure. David Onalude is the founder of a nonprofit called Tech Now Global, which is dedicated to eradicating digital illiteracy in underserved communities. David started his organization based on his experiences growing up in a rural community in Nigeria, and I got to learn all about his path to change making and about the issue of digital illiteracy across the world. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring David Onalude. So basically, I'm David Onalude, and uh... I am from Nigeria in Africa. I grew up in a rural community where access to quality education, we didn't, we didn't have access to quality education because of the marginalization of rural communities based on Africa in general. Then um, I had to leave the house, like I had to leave my rural community and go school externally where I found out that I was really, really far behind when you talk about digital literacy, when you talk about digitalization because of the community where I am from, and I could not really um, compete and like relate with my peers. So I had to go extra miles, miss classes to get the knowledge which I should have gotten in my elementary school and like and the rest. Um, so fast forward to 2020, I came back home because of the lockdown where, I mean, everybody was, was back home and I'd, I'd left home for a very long time. Then coming back home, I still saw the traces that every young person from my community was still at that point where I left where they really didn't know what was going on. I mean, they were far behind when you talk about digitalization. You tell a young person in my community, they don't really know how to maximize basic social media uh, amenities, how to use MS Word. MS Word looks too big, how to like navigate computer system. I mean, these basic information, they didn't have it. Not just because they were not told, but because they didn't have access to this information. So that's why I started um, what I started called Technology Global. And I started with a project, a three weeks digital literacy. I just wanted to do a project where I could teach young people how to maximize the computer, how to how to be digitalized, how to change their orientation, that there is more beyond what they have. And I mean, the world, 21st century, and everything is on the global sphere. So that was basically the um, why I started my, my three weeks initiative then in 2020. And I taught over 250 young people on... MS Word, how, like the basics of computer. Um, because, but I didn't start alone. I had a team of four then. Then after the um, the old project, we saw that this could be sustainable. How could we continue doing this? Then we launched it into an initiative called Techno Global Today. But apart from that, personally, I am a front-end developer. I am also a, a I do basically web projects, web applications. Uh, I'm also an ambassador for the award. I'm also an Ashoka Yomchenika. And recently, um, it's in Vogue Honorary, the only African on the list. 
that is a great way to get started. And congratulations on all of those awards. It's so exciting. So I would love to dive a little bit deeper into TechNow Global and have you explain more about what your programs look like and the day-to-day work you're doing with the organization. Tell me more about the work you're doing with TechNow Global. Uh, so basically, TechNow Global, um, I'm just going to like cut it short. Basically, what we do is we reach out to young people in rural communities and we empower them with digital skills and we connect them to um, firms for internship. So basically, our core initiatives for now are we do boot camps because one month ago, we just did our first boot camp where we taught over 60 people. We had them for five days. And we taught them on skills like robotics. We did graphic design. We did um, web design, and we did copyright. And uh, also, we do school tours. Basically, for our school tours, we go from community, from state to state. Then, basically, what we do is from community to community, we go to schools, and we teach them for a a number of days. That's our school tour. Then we have community outreach. Basically, because there are more young people who don't go to schools here. So we are not just focusing students because all those guys will be exempted from what we're doing. So we do community outreaches. Basically, what we do is we organize in-community programs where we bring these young ones and we still train them. So for now, those are like the three basic projects we do. Our community, our school tours, our boot camp and our community outreach. Yeah, so that's like basically what we do. We're a team of eight, eight young people, like the executives. But we have volunteers. We have over 30 volunteers. When we do community outreaches, we have a whole lot of, need a whole lot of grounds, a whole lot of hands to put this together. But as a core team, we're a team of eight young people. Yeah, so I think that's the scope of Second Global. That's so cool. And I'm so glad that you explained those different programs because it gives me a better idea of how you're tackling this problem of digital illiteracy. So along those lines, I would love to know more about the issue. What made you choose digital illiteracy as the one that you would get really involved in? What inspired you to address digital illiteracy specifically? Yeah, so basically, um, I feel like, I mean, relating to the sustainable development goals, quality education is what I say I advocate on, then let's bring it down to digital literacy. And why I go for digital literacy is because number one, I feel like what I am very interested in is, I love coding, so I code a lot. So I find find passion in coding. So I do a lot of HTML, CSS, Java, Angular and the rest. And um, coming back home and I see young people who do not have soft skills, they don't have skills, I mean, the educational system in Nigeria is just teach, pour down to pass your examinations, and there is no further impact after the four years of the school. So I feel where there is a balanced education, I mean, all these basic stuffs will be taught to young people. So when you're talking about digital literacy to me, why it's important to me, I feel like um, we're in the 21st century and we are in the digital sphere. And coming back to Africa in Nigeria, we are far behind when you talk about digital literacy. Yeah, so you're talking to young people about what, what VR is. You're talking about virtual reality. And these guys don't have the scope of what it is. They, so I, I think this is what drives me that every young person in every rural community have what it takes to compete with their peers, home and abroad, not just because they were given birth in a rural community. That should define the, um, the gravity of the knowledge they have. But irrespective of where they are giving birth to, irrespective of their color, 
they can also speak and compete with their peers, women abroad. So I feel like this is what drives me. And um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's a great answer because I totally agree that digital literacy is so important and it's only going to get more important in the future. So that's definitely a way to empower young people and students so they have those skills and they can use them in the future. So as far as the work that you're doing, you mentioned that there are many challenges with the education system in Nigeria. What are some of the other challenges that young people face and issues that young people care about in Nigeria and in your community in particular? Yeah, so I mean, I feel like there's so many challenges when you talk about my community. But the one I basically like to talk about are so um one of the key projects I'm planning on working on to solve this problem is what we call chain making literacy. Uh, I focus more on digital literacy, but now I want to incubate both chain making literacy and digital literacy together, where young people see problems and they can solve it. I feel like when you put five young people in a room. They tend to see all the problems in those rooms, but give them the tools they need, give them, amplify their voice. They can also provide solutions to those problems. So I see one of the challenges is we do not have people that give young people the voice to make change in their community. So all the problems are left to governmental bodies, non-governmental bodies. And this is what makes the challenges more and more and more and we just keep complaining. So I feel like educating young people from a very, very young age on problem-solving skills, giving them the resources they need to identify themselves as young children is one uh, of the key initiatives that is in my community that we would be working on. So, yeah. Yeah, that's such an interesting idea because you're right that people may be able to identify the problems, but they may also need to be given the tools and the information and maybe the training necessary to address and solve those problems. So I have one last question for you. Lots of young people want to create change and want to make a difference, but they may not know how to get started with that work. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Yeah, so I feel like the best thing to do is make find one or two people like you and create a team because collaboration is the key to a sustainable impact so the, the thing i tell most people when they come to me hey david i want to be like you and i'm like i don't do this alone i mean i have a team i have i have a whole lot of structure so find your structure and start very small think big start small don't be too um forward in wanting to create a big change Start with the little problems in your community. It might be dumping of refuse and you want to correct that mindset. Just start very little, find the team. I mean, I feel like that's like the best advice I can give every other young chain maker out there. I really enjoyed this conversation with David, and those last couple points he brought up really made me think. David's advice about having a structure and a team of people to help you make change was great, but I also think part of that structure is the idea of change-making literacy that David was talking about. Everyone has the ability to recognize and point out issues in the world that they don't like, but not everyone has the knowledge or resources to take that next step and change those issues. The first step to making change is identifying a problem, but that next step requires change-making literacy and structure to go about making change. Because, as David said, change comes when you find your structure.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And you can find David on Instagram at David underscore on to get connected with him. You can also find TechNow Global on Instagram at TechNow underscore global to check out the work that the organization is doing. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.